Shalom, this is Rabbi Tama Davis Hard from Beth Elohim Messianic Synagogue in Central Florida, bringing you a commentary on Padasha number 10. This means at the end. And this is from Genesis 41, 1 through 44, 17. If you have any questions or comments or requests for future studies, please go to our website at rabdavis.org and hit the Ask the Rabbi link. And I'll be happy to get back with you and um, give you uh, my full attention on those issues. So today we start with a discussion on the magicians and the so-called wise men who were common in pagan societies, especially in the palaces of ancient rulers. Their job description included the study of sacred arts and sciences, interpreting dreams, reading the stars, performing magic, and predicting the future. This may sound impressive. The problem is that these, these powers were satanic in origin. Recall that Satan is the great imitator of light, that is, an imitator of the true light. <clears throat> he captivates and he deceives whoever will fall for his deception. It's much easier to be taken in by satanic ploys and temptations if we're unarmed and ignorant of God's Torah, that's God's instructions. We cannot hope to win any battles with Satan without the power of God and his word. The dream of Pharaoh <clears throat> excuse me, was the same, although he dreamt it twice. Since this was a divine communication, God used his own servant, Yosef, or Joseph, to interpret it. Note that Yosef gave God the credit for his ability to interpret the dream. He had the chance to take all the glory and credit for himself. Yet he deferred all credit to God. God warned Pharaoh of the upcoming famine while the times were good. This should be a lesson for us. God, through Yeshua, the living Torah, and the written Torah, has been warning humanity of what is to come for thousands of years, and we still don't get it. Everything in the Bible that's been prophesied has thus far come to pass. The evidence is overwhelming that the Bible in the original Hebrew is true and infallible. So when people don't want to face the truth in any context, they simply ignore it, gloss over it, or even worse, change what is considered truth. This is what our society has done in the United States more than any other country. Today, children and parishioners alike are taught that either there is no divine authority, or that authority is a different God than the one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In fact, the God of Christianity, for example, is uh, seen as an all-loving, never-judging God that has erased all of his laws, statutes, and regulations and allows behaviors on the biblical Sabbath that he forbade in his word, such as buying and selling, mundane labor, and forsaking Shabbat for non-emergent, non-health-related issues. The God of Christianity sanctions forsaking the holy designated festivals of God, and allows people to eat foods that are strictly forbidden in the Bible. Many churches are now sanctioning and promoting abominations such as marrying and ordaining those within the LGBTQ community. Now, I love all people, all humanity. However, I abhor the idea, the behaviors that some of these people are exhibiting in total contradiction to God's word. Getting back to our parasha proper, God gave the people plenty of time to prepare for the seven-year famine and even blessed the Egyptians with wisdom and direction given to one of his own, 
Yosef. This was an excellent opportunity that Yosef was prepared for, although the task of interpreting the dream was sudden. This should be another lesson for us. Our most important opportunities may come when we least expect them. The only reason Yosef was prepared was because he was in a right relationship with God. Similarly, we must ready ourselves for opportunities given us by God as we live our lives on earth. This means regular prayer, study, and integration of Torah knowledge into our being. Just look around you. You observe so many people going further into debt rather than preparing for the famine ahead. Our society is missing out on the blessings that come with following God's instructions, His Torah, no matter the season and no matter what the majority follows. Meticulous detail in planning for anything is a responsibility, not an option. Yosef explained and directed a survival plan for 14 years, the success of which could only be done by planning using God's guidance as the template. Pharaoh was able to see that Yosef was a man filled with the Spirit of God. Although we may never be placed in a position to interpret dreams for human royalty, people should be able to recognize that we are people of God with a different standard from that which our contemporary society follows. This difference may be in kind words, opening doors and assisting others when it's not convenient or placing our immediate interests on the back burner while assisting others in fulfilling theirs. Yosef served God no matter his position, slave, prisoner, and then second in command when he was 30. He spent 17 years prior as a slave and prisoner. Now by this, we can see that God's timetable for our lives is his alone, and we must learn patience as we learn to live according to his Torah. Never, ever give up. Our Haftarah is out of 1 Kings chapter 3. This week's Haftarah echoes the subject of our Padashah with the opening words, quote, And Solomon awoke, and behold, it had been a dream, unquote. Pharaoh had also experienced dreams. Although it's not included in this Haftarah, it was during one of Solomon's dreams that Yahweh granted Solomon his wisdom greater than that of any other human at the time. The Haftarah relates a famous episode in which Solomon's God-given wisdom was demonstrated before all Israel. Keeping with our purpose in life, God was glorified through this demonstration of impartial wisdom. Now this situation is as follows. Two prostitutes approached King Solomon to settle an argument. They lived together in the same house, and each had given birth to an infant three days apart. One night, one of the infants was accidentally crushed to death by its mother, and one woman accused the other of switching infants in order to have a live baby. Each claimed the living child was hers. King Solomon asked that a sword be brought, and ordered that the child be cut in half, with each woman to receive half. At this point, the real mother of the living child intercedes, and exhorts the king to give the child to the other woman, so that he would live. While the other woman said, quote, It will be neither yours nor mine, divided up, unquote. We read in 1 Kings 3.27, quote, Then the king answered, Give the living child to the first woman. Don't kill it, because she is its mother. Unquote. Quote, All Israel heard of the decision the king had made and held the king in awe, for they saw that God's wisdom was in him, enabling him to render justice properly. Unquote. Is it not interesting that the people realized God's justice was right and true then? yet forget it so quickly 
when they chose not to apply it as evidenced by our current global community. Nothing has changed. The first generation of Israelites were lost for such unbelief, as will be those in this generation who freely choose not to teshuva or repent and begin the walk of love and, and I underline that, obedience to God's Torah. Abrek Kadashah, this is a section from the so-called New Testament, which is actually a mistranslation. A correct translation is a refreshed, renewed covenant. It's like an amendment to the Constitution. It's not a new document. So this Brikadashah is out of Acts chapter 7. And this is the same passage covered in last week's Padashah. Uh, compare it to last week's and this week's Padashot in relation to the similarities between Joseph and Yeshua. Again, the consistency of God's Torah and the impossibility that man could have written the Bible without the authority, wisdom, and hand of God is revealed. This is applicable to any success we have in any area of our lives. We cannot, and I address this to everyone, especially to clergy, we cannot save or convert people. We can learn valuable lessons about Yeshua's character and his life through the description of Joseph's life. This narrative enables us to relate to and better understand the teachings of Yeshua and the coming kingdom of God. Joseph was unpretentious, unassuming, honest, humble, compassionate, and just. His witness for God and his successes were not events he heralded to others as, like, look what I wrote, look what I did, look how many people I influenced. Statements such as these would have negated Joseph's testimony and reward. We will not find such attitudes or expressions from the apostles or even Yeshua in his Torah. Humble submission and a readiness to serve God however he chooses is the attitude we must learn and practice, as did Joseph. Consider that the Lamb, Yeshua, will be the temple in the New Jerusalem. There will be no need of a physical structure, and there will be no need of the sun or moon to light it. God's Shekinah, the glory, will give it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. This is out of Revelation 21. May we consider these things as we continue to celebrate the miracle of conception of the light of the world through a human being and the miracle of oil provided to light the menorah as a sign of the light soon to return as Messiah ben David. Every Hanukkah we should be reminded of these things. Shalom.